And now, our feature presentation. What is this? <laughs> Big Sire, is this... This Hades costume is the stinkiest costume on this brand. <laughs> Babies are often very useless when you need to get things done. Take a puff. Do you fear is a sus individual. Let us share this whole new bracket with you. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Chris, we're leaving the parks. We had a great time last bracket talking about parks posters, which apparently we had a lot of opinions on and a lot of our listeners did too. I ran a couple of polls on Instagram to get people to vote on the Elite Eight matchups and uh, it got hot. There was a lot of, sure, lot of comments yeah. that I was getting about why people would vote certain ways. So I hope that you all enjoyed that conversation. But we're making a pivot back into the realm of music. Yep. It feels like our bread and butter if, if you know, the parks are our, our safe space, our wheelhouse. I mean, music and Walt Disney animation is just our bread and butter. And that's why we've yeah. got the best Walt Disney Animation Studios end credits song bracket. This is this is like a genre that I guess I never really thought that hard about. And right. um, it's interesting how much we had to draw from. And I can't wait to talk all about it. And to help us out, we've got a, uh, a musician of our own from the old Mouse Madness community. It's her third time here on the pod. It's my sister, Elizabeth B. What's going on, Elizabeth? How are you? Hey guys, I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, I think I think I was your your guest uh, speaker on uh, the first episode, right? I think it, it would have been the first time we had a tiebreaker host. Yes. That's right. Yeah, you were our best so. Disney villains co-host. So <laughs> dang, you've you've been with us the whole way. I've been with you since day one. It was a few years ago, and and now here we are. It's really great to be here. And like Chris said, I I do think. I like to think that I have some kind of musical knowledge and education. Um, so I'm so ready to dive into all this with you guys. It's going to be, it's going to be hot takes coming left and right. I can already feel it. Yeah. Yes, there are. This <laughs> girl's out here with a, with a degree in music and she's like, Oh yeah, I don't know. I might uh, maybe. Know. I maybe. dabble in it. Yeah, I guess. She says I dabble in, the, um, in music every once in a while. <laughs> hey, so to get us, uh, get us in the mood, you know, accompany this, this sweet, pop credits playlist we needed some spoonfuls of sugar to go along with it and we've got some in our cups today to record this ep kyle what are you drinking yeah i went into the old cabinet of alcohol and mixed a little something together that i uh, i i didn't follow recipe i just found some things and threw it into a shaker and we're gonna see how it turned out so what i did was i grabbed uh the first thing that popped out to me which was peach schnapps and I combined that with a, a little white rum because of course you got to go tropical if you're going to go with that fruity liqueur and then to cut that sweetness a little bit and the harshness of rum I put in some lime juice shook, shook that up uh, strained it out put it into my glass here and I 
added a splash of grenadine because I got a little afraid that it was going to be a little too alcohol-y. Uh, and I haven't tasted it yet. So uh, here we go live on the pot. Yeah, that's bad. Don't do that. Don't do that. I did not have much faith with the way that you described it. Uh, no. I, honestly, you had me until the grenadine, I think. Oh, it's not the grenadine that did it. It's unfortunately the lime and the peach that are battling each other in my mouth. It's okay. like uh, they're, they're competing for loudest flavor and uh, neither are winning. It's just giving me a bad time. Uh, luckily, I didn't add. Well, maybe not luckily. Maybe I should have added some sort of like soda water or something to it to kind of water that harshness down. But since I didn't, there's not too much in here. So I'll be able to, to get through this pretty quickly, I hope. Uh, Chris, hopefully something better is in your cup. And something tells me it's water related. <laughs> well, I mean, aren't vegetables just water in solid yeah. state? Um, yeah. I'm, 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 hot off, I'm, I'm hot off the heels of another road trip. You know, I'm back in town. And I got to tell you, this is, this is my third road trip now of the season and it's and it's only june i gotta tell you road uh-huh. trip really wreaks havoc on the old digestive system <laughs> and yep. so so you know when you get back home you want to get some fruits get some veggies uh make sure you've got uh, enough water in your body to to get things moving again and to help me out with that i made myself a nice green smoothie just oh. all just almond milk and frozen spinach just all of this, like filled up to the brim with spinach um, and just blended it up, put it, put a couple scoops of chocolate whey protein powder in there to give it some flavor. And, uh, you know, it tastes, it tastes kind of, kind of chalky, but you know what? This, that's <laughs> not, that's not what I'm not drinking it for the flavor. I'm drinking okay. it for the, the results of the drink, you know, maybe yeah. three days from now, as long as I'm consistent with this beverage. I think we'll be back in business, baby, if you know what I mean. Uh, Elizabeth, what are, what are you drinking over there yeah, down in SoCal? Yeah, SoCal. The drink of choice for the podcast is good old H2O. Um, I did have a Pomplemousse LaCroix for our okay. French speakers. <laughs> Pomplemousse LaCroix. <laughs> Uh, at, when I was at the park just now, but actually like sometimes LaCroix dries me out. If that makes sense, like maybe it's the carbonation or something. So I, I don't know, but I'm drinking some water. I've been drinking a lot of beer since I started working at the coalition, just because uh-huh. that's what you do. You like, you go ride sure your bike and you, yeah. and you drink a lot of beer. And so I'm like, I'm feeling that. So I got H show today, but it's not gonna, I mean, we'll have, we'll still have fun with it. We don't need to be, we don't need to be drinking some cocktail chaos like Kyle did earlier today. <laughs> I don't so. know. After the day that I, I had, <laughs> you might need a little cocktail chaos. So uh, we've got our spoonfuls of sugar in hand. We've got our topic. We're talking best Walt Disney animated studios end credit songs. Uh, Kyle, like we do with every bracket, we needed to survey a certain demographic of people to get our field of 16 songs. And, yeah. and what did we go with this time? Yeah, so if you're listening to this in June of 2022, uh, we have seen a, a, a quite significant COVID spike. And I don't feel comfortable sending those interns into the parks on our dime, possibly exposing them to a sickness. Uh, so we went back to the internet. And actually, I sent Chris this tweet today 
uh, there there's a kerfuffle happening where Disney adults are back trending on Twitter, and that's never a good sign for the old Diz Twitter community. And so I looked into like who I I wonder why uh, the, the Disney adults are trending yet again, and it all came from this story uh, thread from Reddit subreddit uh, Am I the asshole? Which is like you post a story in which you know you you are trying to see if you did wrong or whatever. And this is a Disney related one in which. Long story short, these folks had a wedding on Disney property in Walt Disney World, and they did not. They decided to not cater food in exchange for Mickey and Minnie to show up for thirty minutes apiece because it was the same cost as the food package. And wherever they were hosting this wedding, there was like food areas around. So I don't know if they were in the park or if they were like in a hotel and there were other places for guests to eat, but they weren't going to be providing the food. And apparently there was a lot of uproar within their wedding party, which I think that is valid. Uh, and they posted this being like, are we wrong? Are we the assholes for, for starving our guests to have a bunch of rats in our wedding? And Disney adults are getting shamed yet again on Twitter for it. So we went ahead and had the interns DM folks that were that were shaming these Disney adults because you know you might deserve it. Don't starve your wedding guests. Don't they come for that free food? They if you're having them sit through a ceremony, reward them with a little food, not a picture with the Mick, right? So we asked the folks that were being that were shaming these Disney adults in the comments, what is your favorite end credit song that comes after a Disney animated film? Uh, and so for some context. These these kind of end credit songs all started with the Great Mouse Detective. That film was the first one to have end credit songs because basically any animated feature before that, the credits were at the beginning. You think about all of these classics where you sit through seven minutes of credits before the film even begins, and oftentimes it's the Disney like Disney chorus that are just singing the themes from the film. So with The Great Mouse Detective, you get this shift where the credits are at the end. And not only are they at the end, but there's a song that accompanies them. And you start seeing these trends of pop stars doing it in the 90s and then falling off pop stars starting to do it in the 2000s and 2010s. And it's really interesting. So they gave us 16 fantastic ones. But like I said, some movies had two. So there was a ton that missed the dance. Chris, what are a few for you? Well, I'm glad that you brought up the opening credits uh, phenomenon uh, that preceded this end credits thing. Um, and hey, little trivia. First Disney animated movie to have end credits at all was... I don't know. Black Cauldron. Come on. <laughs> like, of course. of course. Black Cauldron. A trailblazer yeah. for the animation studio. Um, but I actually went with, a, with, with an opening credits song with the whistle stop. Roger Miller, the OG pop collab sure. Disney credit song. So good. I love that one. Um, also, Immortals at the end of Big Hero 6, which mm-hmm. is a very, I think, underrated Disney Animation Studios film for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and then I've got one. I mean, I was really, really sad that this one wasn't on the bracket. Something That I Want from Tangled. Uh, ah. Nice, fun, upbeat song to end uh, that movie, I believe it's Grace Potter. Yeah. Kyle, what about you? Yeah. So what I really enjoy out of 
these end credit songs that not many of those made the dance, but ones that I really remember and like are ones that just come out of left field. And there's a lot of that in the catalog that is end credit songs. One of those being Shake a Tail Feather by the Cheetah Girls that came at the end of Chicken Little. If you haven't seen Chicken Little, I don't blame you because it's pretty bad. But the end credits start rolling and it's a ensemble version of Don't Go Breaking My Heart sung by all of the, the cast members of Chicken Little as their characters, which is bonkers. And then you get into this Shake a Tail Feather song by the Cheetah Girls. And if I remember correctly, around this time that this film came out, the Cheetah Girls were going through that like one of the members was going to leave moment. <laughs> and so they were really just trying to anchor on Raven's notoriety to survive the Cheetah Girls. And I think this was the beginning of the end for them was coming on and doing this end credit song for Cheetah, uh, for uh, Chicken Little. I remember it because they used this song to promote it on the Disney Channel, uh, but it's just one that is so wacky that I couldn't go without mentioning it. And then the next one is the Someday version done by All For One, which was like a an R&B group in the 90s. And this was coming after the end credits of Hunchback of Notre Dame. And what's so funny about this one to me is that they got this like, R&B, you know, super smooth singing group that is very evident they're trying to get like a boys to men type vibe from. And they gave them the title Someday to sing. But the song that they sing is not the Someday from the film. It is like their interpretation of Someday. And if you're sitting there in the theater and you just watched Frollo burn to death and then all of a sudden it slows down and you get hit with a little someday. It's so it's just so crazy that they're able to try and make that pivot. And I think it's a really smooth song and I like it. And so I wanted to chat about that a little bit more. And all for one, I mean, I think this is probably all they did. (laughs) I don't know that I've heard anything else that they've ever done. So had to get a little R&B group representation here. Sure. Yeah. Elizabeth, any that stand out for you that missed the dance? Oh, man, I guess I didn't do my homework. I didn't realize I had to to pick a miss the dance song. So sorry. That was my bad. Wow. The first guest host doesn't know she has to do a miss the dance. Uh, We've got 16 great ones that you definitely will have an opinion on. All the energy was focused there. Not what wasn't, what is. On that note, let's get right into it, Chris. Let's go ahead and announce this field of 16 end credit songs. Uh, that we're going to be talking about for this bracket. Cue the dramatic music. Chris, I'm going to let you take it off top. Turn up the heat because coming in at number one is 98 Degrees and Stevie Wonder with True to Your Heart from Mulan. Giving us our first ballad here on the bracket of 16 is the number two seed Beauty and the Beast as performed by Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson from Beauty and the Beast. Put on your Sunday best because coming in at number three is A Star Is Born, as performed by the Muses from Hercules. Soaring in with a soft pop duet is our number four seed, It's a Whole New World, by Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell from a movie Aladdin. I've used this, I've used this joke before, but I'm just going to have to do it again. We'll see how far this one goes, because <laughs> coming in at number five is How Far I'll Go, as performed by Alessia Cara, from Moana. Painting the Night at the Sixth Seed is When Can I See You Again, as performed by Al City from the movie Wreck-It Ralph. Hologram Elton John is back at the number seven seed with Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King. 
Singing in from Epcot itself is our number eight seed. It's Reflection by Christina Aguilera from the movie Mulan. The blue corn moon is rising once again with the number nine seed. It's Colors of the Wind as performed by Vanessa Williams from Pocahontas. Giving it a shot here at the number 10 seed is Try Everything as performed by Shakira from the movie Zootopia. We turn around and find the number 11 seed is Lost in the Woods as performed by Weezer from Frozen 2. Hitting us, hitting us with a little translation at the 12 seed is Two Oruguitas as performed by Sebastian Yatra from Encanto. Right where it belongs at the number 13 seed is Go the Distance as performed by Michael Bolton from Hercules. Going country at the 14 seed is All is Found by Casey Musgraves from the Frozen 2 soundtrack. Philharmonic Phil clocks in at the number 15 seed. It's Look Through My Eyes as performed by Phil Collins from Brother Bear. And pop until they're dropping at the number 16 seed is Can't Help Falling in Love as performed by the A-Teens from Lilo and Stitch. All right, Elizabeth, you had no opinions on what missed the dance, but I'm sure you have some opinions on these matchups. Are there any matchups in this first round that you're looking forward to discussing? I think what's going to be, I think it's going to be tough. Uh, Number four, number 13, A Whole New World versus Go the Distance. That's going to be a toughie. Um, Looking forward to talking about that one. And I want to say who try everything versus can you feel the love tonight? That's, oh, that's one. And then, yeah, that's, that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. I have opinions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait <laughs> to get to that matchup then. Cause I need to hear an explanation for that. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and let's jump in. Uh, Chris, I'll go ahead and take this first one. If you don't mind, uh, we're talking the number one seed true to your heart from Mulan uh, as performed by 98 degrees. And Stevie Wonder up against Can't Help Falling in Love, which is performed by the 18s from Lilo's Stitch. And let me tell you, there is no better combination of artists going together and head to head than in this matchup right here. This is wild. If I told you Stevie Wonder, 98 degrees, and the 18s were all in a bar together, you'd be like, what year is it? And you're right, because what year is it? True to Your Heart was the first song in the credits of Mulan. Uh, you get reflection soon after it in the credits lineup. Uh, this is one of those films that had two credit songs. Some of them had one, but Mulan definitely had two, and probably rightfully so. Uh, you have the big finale where you know you get the fireworks going off, and then you have uh, Mulan coming home and, and doing right by her dad and finding love, and everything is great, and, and then here we are going out with true to your love. So I was having a lot of fun doing research for this bracket because some of this stuff is bonkers, including this story about true to your heart. This is written by Matthew Wilder and David Zippel, who also did the lyrics and and music for Hercules. So we'll talk Hmm. about them again. But this song was originally written for the boy band Hanson. Coming off of Umbop. Hot (laughs) off of Umbop. They said, you know what we need for this Mulan soundtrack? Little Hanson brothers. And uh, apparently they weren't available because <laughs> they they're did not too, make it. But they're too popular, man. <laughs> they no, they were booked, there. bro. But apparently they had some connection to 98 Degrees who just released an, their debut album that like flopped. And so they were trying to see a way to revive 
98 degrees and there's no better way to revive an artist than to put them on a successful Disney film and associate them with the brand. So they call it 98 degrees. They're super down. And then for whatever reason, they're like, we should throw a little little Stevie Wonder harmonica on this. Uh, it's definitely a very Stevie Wonder sounding song with a lot of funk influences, a lot of electric piano, a lot of synthesizer. Uh, and then you get the Stevie harmonica. But Stevie walks into the recording studio, apparently, three hours after his assistant set up the piano. And he's in a full dashiki. Homeboy came in ready to go wow. in on this Chinese-related movie track in full African garb, owning the room. He listens to the song, and they're like, so Stevie, do you mind if uh, you play a little harmonica on this? And he was like, I want to sing on this. And they're like, uh, yeah. So apparently, <laughs> this like two-hour block that they were going to use to record Stevie's harmonica uh, turned into about two days of them just like Stevie doing whatever they wanted him to do. So he sings on it and uh, and that's all she wrote. Uh, and he also obviously does the harmonica, which is a pretty phenomenal part of this entire jam. Uh, what I really like about the song is that it's not necessarily from the film itself. And it feels yeah. like it feels like a credit song. It feels like a song that like maybe the cast would come out and take bows to. And they're wrapping up and, and being celebratory about this film about the heroes that did so good uh, and the heroes that stuck true to their heart. But the only thing that really puts me off about this song are some of like the, the, the way that they're framing true to your heart. The film is a lot about stay true to your heart and be who you are because when you do, you are, you are heroic. You are doing right by your family, by yourself, for your ancestors, for, for the, the, the person that you love. But in this, the lyrics go, true to your heart, you must be true to your heart because that's when the heavens will part and baby, shower you with my love. If you stay true, you know what you get? Me, because this is all about me. And that's what all, that, all that you should be fighting for is, is finding a partner and that's how you win in life and how you know you've stayed true is, if, is by the heaven sent presence of myself. And that's a little weird to me. So I'm not not too hot on like how they pivot <laughs> after this very right, like, empowering right. film where now it's just all chalked up to this really silly love song. What's good about it is that then you get reflection right after where it's like this song is what they were they were like, ah, we're gonna attempt to to tell you to stay true to yourself. And then reflection comes in with like, and this is what we actually mean is staying true to yourself. Here. Right, right. So I think musically, the song is an absolute slap. Uh, you can't go wrong with the Stevie Wonder on the harmonica, in the vocals at all. Uh, it really embodies this like 1998 sound of the boy bands, uh, especially with the, the hype of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys at this time. So it is a time capsule for 1998. And it is a song that relates somewhat to the theme of the film and feels like a great end credit song. It's up against Can't Help Falling in Love by the A-Teens. Uh, I love the A-Teens. This, <laughs> this is the A-Teens, Jump 5, like that entire era of these Swedish pop groups. I think A-Teens was actually American and and like a, they started out as a Christian uh, pop You're group. thinking of Jump 5. A-Teens is God, Swedish. Dude, I can't keep the, I can't keep them, can't keep them straight, baby. Uh, so Can't Help Falling in Love is obviously an Elvis song because all of Leland Stitch basically is a, 
is either these Hawaiian influence songs or it's an Elvis song. Uh, the credits start out with uh, Burning Love, actually, uh, a cover of Burning Love, and then transitions into hmm. this that's sung by the 18s. Uh, it was featured as their leading single on their third album, which was called Pop to You Drop, which is fantastic. And this just sounds like 2000s aughts TV pop. Yes. And I, and there's, I have a soft spot for that uh, for whatever reason. There's moments in this where they're obviously doing too much because that's what you do as an 18s or as a jump five. Anytime my boy says like a river flows, I want to lose it because he's doing it in this like almost he's trying to embody this like surfer like like I got a little bit of rasp in my voice like a river flows and it's <laughs> it's so try hard and then suddenly you think the song is over but uh uh-uh. uh let's go ahead and and hit that key change for the final chorus and then let's use a little polyphonic device and let's layer over everyone's voice singing different lines from the song that they've already been singing and that's how we're going to end this thing and that is such a brain tickle it is so nice it is so, i love ending the song that way because it is so outrageous then why wouldn't you do a little remix version for yourself at the end uh so it's a great like poppy song it feels like a lilo and stitch end credit song <laughs> like it, the, the expectations were low and they kind of met that bar fairly easily uh, in this matchup, though, I think I got to go with the notoriety of Stevie Wonder and, and 98 Degrees and how that kind of just aligns a little bit more with the film that it just preceded or it came after. Uh, it, it feels like the messaging, while maybe not nailed on the head, uh, is within the realm of the theme of the film. Can't Help Falling in Love is just another Elvis cover that we get in a film full of Elvis covers by a group that was a flash in the pan. And uh, I, True to Your Heart is just a musically stronger <laughs> from end to end than Can't Help Falling in Love. Um, Kyle or Elizabeth, do you remember uh, when Across the Universe came out? Yes. And there was like oh, yeah. a, a resurgence in like Beatles. Yeah. Uh, yes. It, you know, like everyone started listening to the Beatles again and there was like a Beatles rock band game and stuff. Yes. Um, guess what? It's coming again. And this time it's yes, Elvis it Presley is. because Amen. there yep. is an Elvis movie coming out. Yep. So we better start preparing. We better start studying up on our Elvis because it's going to happen. Do you know who sings Can't Help Falling in Love on this new Elvis movie? Um, John C. Riley. Oh. Casey Musgraves. Oh, yeah, she does in the trailer. We'll talk about her later. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Well, like, so, okay, so the Elvis song, the original Can't Help Falling in Love. Uh, I personally love Wedding Blunder. Classic Wedding Blunder is choosing a waltz for a first dance. <laughs> Can't Help Falling in Love is one of those songs. And if you don't know what a waltz is, it is a song uh, with three quarters time. So it goes one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Uh, yeah. Can't. And so yeah. most humans that don't choreograph their first dance song to a waltz are going to get up there. <laughs> they're going to get up there out on the dance floor and be like, oh, wait, 
how am I supposed to move my body right now? Because it's so unnatural to the majority of music that we listen to. Right. You run through a, a regular music album from a pop artist. They're probably all four, four time. Right. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. 18s took the waltz and they did that. They, they took it back. They took it back to that dance beat that I can't help. Two, three, yeah. four. One, two, three, four. Yeah. So... That's something I really appreciate about this cover of Can't Help Fall in Love <laughs> is that they took it from being this song that is notoriously hard to dance to because it's a waltz into a song that is so distinctively dance beat heavy. One, two, right. three, four. And it's got that pop block and drop sort of 18s nature to it. Um, it's a weird, it's like a weird sort of combination but one that I think is really interesting and sort of cool in a way, you know? I'm, I'm with you. Um, the thing that's kind of weird is like, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying about uh, Stay True to Your Heart being like not exactly what the movie's about. There's no love story of Lilo and Stitch, at least not that I can remember. <laughs> and so the idea that like can't help fall in love uh, contributes to the film in some way also makes this kind of a strange pick. Um, yeah, it's really just sort of like a fun pop single that Disney was trying to push. Uh, ultimately like that's what a Disney end credit song is. It's let's take a song that may or may not be in the movie and let's try and make this thing hit the billboard charts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have to say that out loud before we go much further. Um, these, <laughs> are, these are all cash grab uh, strategies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so at varying levels of success, they'll grab a popular artist at the time, say, you get this song and let's roll the dice. Uh, yep. 18s was, was a roll of the dice that did not turn out very well. Um, but, I, but I think this was, this was a fun, this is like a fun little hidden gem of a credit song. I think I'm with you. I think I'm going to go with true to your heart, uh, for this matchup. Uh, but shout out to the 18s. Always appreciate, always appreciate seeing them pop up on a, on a mouse madness discussion. Elizabeth, how are we feeling about this matchup? Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely with both of you guys. I'm a little biased because Mulan was my favorite movie, childhood movie growing up. I, I was talking to Chris earlier this week and he said, I had that CD. And we'd like listen to it in our Honda Odyssey. And I, yeah. I remember that Stevie Wonder sound, that funk that's like ingrained into my brain now. Cause that was like essential in my, in my childhood. And I, I just, I give so much credit to those musicians and it's, it's so catchy. I like find myself like pulling it up, like listening to it, like, like to this day. Um, and then I was, I'd never heard that can't falling in love song that the 18s did. I was driving up to Ramona and I like literally almost crashed because it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I'm like, what is going on right now? Like it's trying to just try hard, try hard, try hard. And I'm like, guys, you just ruined like, <laughs> I mean, of course that Elvis, like everyone sings that song, but like, this is just really a bad representation of Elvis Presley music. So. <laughs> um, one, uh, like, Yes, Mulan was Elizabeth's favorite 
Disney movie growing up. She watched it all the time. But the the, the funnier aspect of of Elizabeth's love for Mulan, not just the CD, was she had this. She had a replica Mulan sword, um, and she would. <laughs> She would hold it up and replicate the moment in Mulan where she like turns the sword to her face to make it like a mirror. <laughs> the reflection. Yeah. <laughs> and would like and and would like and would like do it like with the with the movie. It's just like a little tilt. Ah, uh, I love that. Uh man, I we might still have that sword somewhere in the house. Well, I have the whole outfit because I wanted to I was her I was Mulan for Halloween. She she um, sure was. Yeah. I had my had a bowl cut. Yeah. You used to fake um cutting your hair with this sword also, just like Mulan does. <laughs> oh uh it was like a full recreation of that one scene <laughs> where she runs out Aww. in the rain. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, we got more Mulan to talk about right now. Yeah, we cool, do. Cool, cool, it's cool. the number yes, it's the number eight. Christina Aguilera's reflection versus number nine, V. Will Vanessa Williams, uh, V. Will Colors of the Wind. Well, so, welcome to the pod, Miss America. Sure. So, um, <laughs> let's let's start with reflection. We don't need to say a whole lot about this because we did dissect it quite a bit in our best Disney pop music video bracket. We talked all about how this was Christina Aguilera's first pop success right here. This was her kind yep. of debuting as a pop star, um, and she she hit it. She was an overnight kind of success, uh, as in no one really knew who she was, and then suddenly everyone did. Uh, she had a relationship with Disney beforehand as a member of the Mickey Mouse Club, along with Ryan Gosling, Britney Spears, JT. Um, so, <laughs> yep. so this was not exactly an overnight success in that respect. Um, however, this was everyone knew who she was after after mm -hmm. reflection so yeah. um super cool to chart someone with such such success back to a disney and credits pop song you know yeah crazy um here's the thing they change the lyrics yeah and 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 most of these disney pop remixes of songs that are already in the movie they leave them the same and they just have like a pop singer sing them but they took the lyrics of reflection and changed them uh -huh. So instead of saying, look at me, I will never pass for a perfect bride or a perfect daughter. Or a perfect daughter. Can it be I'm not meant to play this part? Now I see that if I truly, if I were to truly be myself, I would break my family's heart. Hmm. Replaces that, which I believe to be a very powerful sort of like opening verse to a song with yeah. look at me, you may think you see who I am but you'll never know me every day. It's as if I play a part. Now I see if I wear a mask, I can fool the world, but I cannot fool my heart. Hmm. I feel like you're going kind of in, in the wrong direction. If you're thinking about improving hmm. this song uh, for the end credits, uh, really feels like they tried to like make it more vague intentionally. To, oh yeah. Just to like make it a little bit more radio friendly, you know, like, Oh, I, Oh yeah. We can't have, have we to. can't have Christina Aguilera singing about being a perfect daughter and breaking her family's heart. This is a pop song. It needs to be something that everyone can kind of see themselves in. My, exactly. my counter to that would be any like country music fan knows. And I'm talking about real country music. Okay. I'm not talking about beer can in a truck bed. All right. Okay. I'm talking Reba. I'm talking fancy. I'm talking Dolly okay. coat, coat of many colors. All right. These are, these are songs that paint a very vivid picture 
of a very realistic situation. And the listener doesn't necessarily have to have experienced that thing to, to really feel what the song's trying to say. So, so the change in the lyrics is very disappointing to me because I love that okay. opening verse in the actual film version. Colors of the Wind, Vanessa Williams. So you mentioned Vanessa Williams was Miss America. Uh, yep. f- first woman of African-American descent to be crowned Miss America. Um, yep. And she went on to have success all, all over the place. She did some music. She was on Desperate Housewives, nominated for a primetime Emmy. Like, yeah. This woman's done, done a lot. Um, and she did. She the, won a Tony. Oh, yeah. She was in like for, Kiss of the Spider Woman. Into the she was, yeah, she was in the Into, into the, the Woods revival. She was the witch. She did all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. And so she got tapped for Colors of the Wind uh, credits remix. And I got to tell you, this song falls so flat with yeah, me. Yeah. I mean, this this song in general, I'm not too hot on. So, okay. So, so I, I asked myself that. I'm like, okay, so what is it about this that like is, is, is an issue? I hate nature. Animals, screw them. Water, don't need it. I'm drinking pure alcohol right now. Kyle hates nature. <laughs> I hate books. It's okay. <laughs> um, the Colors of the Wind is so much more than a song in Pocahontas. It's a sequence. Yes. There's a lot of visuals. And those lyrics to the song are heavily supported by the Mencken score. It does a lot of the heavy lifting to inspire the spirit of adventure, the spirit of change mm-hmm. that this song is supposed to represent in the hearts of Pocahontas, in the heart of the audience, in the heart of... Heart of your boy, John Smith, <laughs> as, he, as he looks to kind of gain a new understanding of the world. And, and all of that is gone from Colors of the Wind. It's like this, this Colors of the Wind remix. All that's left is the lyrics, and it's like, all right, like two-thirds of this is gone, and those two-thirds did the majority of the work here. So, um, yeah, I just find it pretty boring. Uh, other, another thing that like, I want to throw out there now, I love an upbeat song. When 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 the credits start rolling and I'm I'm looking to head out of the theater like I want something exciting like oh, I want to get out of that theater in a in a good mood you yeah. know like um walking out with a smile on my face yeah. and this colors of the wind is just so it just brings it down so slow and like the reflection does that too yeah but the colors of the wind feel like it's a little bit worse I got reflection for sure pretty easy this this colors of the wind feels a little high. With the ninth season. Yeah, I think so too. But I also understand it because this is the song from Pocahontas, at least that single that made it to like the radio charts. Uh, this Colors of the Wind was also the second song in the end credit sequence. Uh, you got If I Never Knew You by John Cicada and Shanice, actually, uh, that led it off. And that was an original song that was a... They put lyrics to Pocahontas and John Smith's love theme so they turned the love theme into mm. a like what they wanted to be a pop song uh, and what took off instead as the pop song was Colors of the Wind. And Reflection was also the second end credit song, right? So you, you leave the theater. I don't sit through credits unless I'm forced to because I'm a Marvel shill and I know that they're going to freaking put something that I need to watch at the end. But otherwise, like I'm, I'm like you, that I w- kind of want that uplifting to hit me in the end credits because your boy's walking out during that yeah i'm not usually sitting until colors of the wind even comes on so to me that's that's okay that it's slow because it is the second song in the end credits 
uh, sequence to begin with. But I agree with you. You're already in the park. I'm, ar- hey, I'm halfway home, baby. You already validated your ticket. I- I'm halfway home because I didn't want to stand in line for the bathroom. And we got to get home quick or I'm going to pee my pants. I'm I'm on my way. So I agree with you. Reflection for sure. I don't have a qualm with the changing of lyrics. and in-, in fact, I encourage it when it comes to these end credit songs to give me a little something that I didn't get from the film itself. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Christina is going to move on. And she was only 17 when she recorded this thing. Bonkers. Uh, Elizabeth, did we make the right decision here? Yes, you did. You absolutely did. I love, I mean, this was another thing. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm a little biased, but I remember this. And like, <laughs> I think there was actually like a, U- uh, well, it wasn't a YouTube video back then, but I remember watching, there's some kind of sequence where they, where they play Maybe it's part of the DVD or the VHS where they do they show Mulan's scene in the movie, but then they play Christina Aguilera's version yeah. of Reflection. Oh, yeah. I'm having some kind of like memory. Her of music that. video for this is her walking around the China Pavilion <laughs> in Epcot, <laughs> yeah. and they'll project scenes from Mulan on like aspects of the oh buildings around her. Yeah, that's that is what I remember. I think it's very. <laughs> I think it's it's. I like it. I like it. I'm going with it. We love it. Colors of the Wind was definitely like a sleeper. I felt Vanessa Williams was amazing singer. I'm actually actually didn't even know she was a singer. That's how how out of the loop I am. I I thought she was like an actor. She was on like Apprentice or something. Maybe not. But like America, I knew she was on TV. And then I saw this. I was like, oh, my God, she's got a beautiful voice. I mean, beautiful voice, but super down tempo. Like Mm -hmm. so reflection takes the cake for me. Totally. Uh, And we're going to see this trend throughout a lot of these end credit songs where, especially if it happened in the 90s, where you get that pop, soft pop, soft rock influence, where you get the do, do, which I call the soft pop snare. And we're going to talk a lot more about that in this next (laughs) matchup. It is the number four, A Whole New World from Aladdin uh, versus the number 13, Go the Distance from Hercules. We don't need to talk about Michael Bolin. Talked about it in that pop music yep. video yep. bracket. You know him, love him. We gave our opinions on it there. Uh, just know that it's the power ballad that is Michael Bolton singing Go the Distance. Uh, that was actually the second end credit song. The first one is on this bracket, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. Uh, it's up against A Whole New World, which we've talked about the song A Whole New World a lot, and I don't really want to talk about it more because... I didn't lyric compare, but I'm pretty sure that they're just the same lyrics. It's just a song performed by Peebo Bryson yet again um, and Regina Bell. So these two had done a ton of duets together in the 80s and 90s. And this was just one of the many. But they won uh, a Grammy for this one, which was significant because this song really kind of took the world by storm. And it was nominated for Best Pop performance by a duo or group group vocals in 1994 which it won and then it got nominated for record of the year which is pretty crazy uh it replaced whitney houston's i will always love you as number one on the billboard top 100 this version did which is crazy because we all know that song and that made it the very first and only disney animated film to have a number one billboard song until we don't, we don't talk, talk about, about Bruno, Bruno, most recently from Encanto, which Insane. is crazy because since yeah. since this song, there have been so many great Disney hits that never 
peaked number one on the Billboard Top 100. And when it does, it is the throwaway, the perceived throwaway song by Disney when they put all of their energy elsewhere that, that makes it happen. It's just that song is such an anomaly. You can thank TikTok for it, to be honest. Uh, so this version is stays pretty true. You get that pop, soft pop snare that is just nostalgia galore for a kid that did a lot of commuting with his parents in the 90s. And all you listen to is soft rock and soft pop. You hear a lot of synthesizer, a lot of chimes, a lot of pop snare. And that's what you get in the song from head to toe. What is really interesting about this one is that they... Oh, actually, no, that's Beauty and the Beast. I get the two mixed up because it's freaking Peebo. It's freaking they Peebo. Say, they sound exactly but the and, same. And, and so like Peebo, to say yeah. that, right? Like Peebo has a certain style and he, he, that's what made him successful is that he is this love ballad duet singer. Yeah. And so he's not gonna yeah. he's not gonna vary from that. And you get a ton of it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very into this version. I'm not super hot on the on the song in general, especially when it comes mm-hmm. on any Disney playlist. If this version came on a Disney playlist, I'm much more likely to let that one ride than the the movie version. This one just is much softer for the ears. It's less, you know, blatantly theatrical, which I think is important for these end credit songs to be a sl- somewhat different from their movie counterpart. Otherwise, it's just replaying it for us as we've already heard it. So I'm a, I'm a big guy, a big 90s soft pop guy. I, I really like that here. And because of that, uh, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with the number four seed. And what makes it better than Michael Bolton's in this uh, in my opinion, is that Michael Bolan has this dumb intro and outro to his song that is this big, like, triumphant build-up theme from Hercules. And it's like, I, no, if we're doing this, let's just, let's just do it. We don't need this big entrance and big outro. Uh, it puts me off. It doesn't make it for an easy listen. This one does, and this one is perfect for an end credit score so, or song. So I'm going to go number four here. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, we really got a kick out of the Michael Bolton music yes. video to uh, go the distance. But when you strip that away, you, you, you lose the museum <laughs> coming to life. You lose the hair, you lose the shoulder pads. Um, it's just kind of another boring, slow nineties, uh, pop remix. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going in on Peebo. I'm sending, oh, him Bebo, the, here we go. sending him to the next round. Elizabeth, <laughs> we've got a whole new world moving on. Do you agree with that one? Go the Distance is a very popular song in the tenor world, in classical slash musical theater world. I had so many, I listened to so many kids at Duty and like voice class sing Go the Distance. Um, yeah, it's like a really big deal. And so I was kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm curious to see, to like hear Michael Bolton's version. I'd never heard it, of course, but I was pleasantly surprised. I really, really liked it. Wow. That's great. That's awesome. So let's move on to a a legit matchup. Here we go. This is, this is, this was the hardest one for me and will be harder than any other matchup we have because these are my two favorite songs on this whole bracket and they're going up against each other. It's absolutely brutal. Oh man. Um, Okay, so let's start with let's start with Moana. Okay, oh, yeah. let's start with how Jeans far I'll go. Beach. Kyle, 
jeans we, on the we're beach. not talking about the music video <laughs> the music video is off the table okay okay and and we and we talked about that when we were when we were talking about that music we were like hey the jeans on the beach is weird yes but we're going to talk about this song just as a song one day and it's going to be a different situation and here and it that, is. this is that time this is the time okay Ali Cravalho that version is a good time. It is. But when you throw in when you throw in Alessia Cara and you throw in the like EDM uh, <laughs> dance pop uh-huh. drop, uh-huh. it just sends you over the edge. Sends me over the edge. Skyrockets me. Um I liked, you know, I have an entire playlist in Apple Music for Snappa music. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how you pick Snap music. For those that don't know what Snap is, Snap is a drinking game that you play where you throw a dice in the air as high as you can, and if it bounces on the table and you don't catch it, then you lose. That's it. Um, but it's a cultural thing in Santa Barbara, and sometimes we play five, six, seven, twelve hours in a day. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sun up, sun down, Snappa. A lot of, lot of, lot of throwing dice and a lot of music, and so the songs that always went into my Snappa playlist were ones that had really aggressive drops in them. Yeah. Um, and this was 2014. So like this was the tail end of like uh dubstep and the beginning of like trap Trop, beats trap and then into trap house. Right. So uh, songs like uh, tsunami <laughs> uh, cl- oh, clarity, of course, um, cl- uh, closer was like a couple years from coming out mm-hmm. chain smokers. Um, and this, this like Alessia Cara remix just, it just hits that spot so sweetly where it's got the tropical percussion. It's got the snap track. You want to talk about like a little percussion cues that are, that are, uh, emblematic of the time that the song came out in the snap track yep. of like 2015, 16. <laughs> it's in it. That's, that's in it. Um, I'd like it's literally like a top three song on my on my Apple Music. It's, it's yeah. Let's your car is great, of course, but it's that it's the it's the dance pop for me. Sure. Um, and it's like a it's like a, a relatively ambitious remix, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like oh let's take a love song and make it like R and B. No. It's not like let's take a Elvis waltz and make it more like eighteens dance. It's like let's take a song that's sort of like inspirational and ballady and like let's make it like nasty yeah uh, <laughs> put a little so, filth in it yeah it's like a it's like a collaboration you wouldn't expect and i love it for that reason mm. uh two orugitas so we've said it before on the pod i love sebastian yatra mm-hmm. yatra yatra um big fan this is the english version of dos orugitas which plays right. in encanto during the scene where Abuela is like having a little memory about uh, what happened to her husband when they were separated yep. during uh, some some violence in their town. And I love that song. It's such a powerful moment in Encanto. The Dos Orguitas, the Spanish version, is so much better. Uh, but, so but much like, better. Two Orguitas, it definitely holds its own, I think. And like it, it has a valuable place. Um, on like the Encanto soundtrack because it helps people to like understand what Dos Origitas was was trying to say. Yeah, because if you don't understand mm-hmm. any Spanish and you're too lazy to look it up, 
it might be nice to kind of know what that song was talking about. And it offers yeah. offers some really beautiful imagery. Uh, Orgitas meaning caterpillar. Um, eventually, the uh, chorus transitions to mariposa, which is butterfly. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it definitely is, is a good compliment to Encanto. Um, but the mix is exactly the same. It's just taking the Spanish yeah. lyrics and making them English lyrics. Uh, I actually would have loved to see the first credits track from Encanto make it onto this bracket. Um, mm. The Carlos Vigato. the Carlos Vive song, Vigato. Uh, Encanto, uh, Col- Colombia <laughs> Mi Encanto, I think is the name of the song. But uh, yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. I, 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 it sucks because I love both of these songs. Love Yatra, love Les Yacara, but I'm going to go with How Far I'll Go uh, because it makes me want to throw some dye around, you know? Oh, I I have to go with Alessia Cara because this is the lesser of the Orgitas. And th- th- it's just the, the you know, tragedy of Orgitas is that there's two of them and the best one happened in the movie as it should have, just like it should have happened in Coco. Yeah. We should have gotten the Coco B-side Ooh. in Coco, Ooh. all Spanish songs, because Ooh. those are slaps and like those actually make a lot more sense in Spanish than they do in English. And that you see that translation get lost here as well in the English version of Dos, Dos Orguitas, specifically in the, like, the verses. You get some really wonderful kind of poetry in the English version of the, the, the choruses. Um, don't hold on too tight. Both of you know it's your time to grow, to fall apart, to reunite. I love that a ton. Uh, but everything else is a lot of repetition in words because they can't really rhyme the translations correctly. And so it, it yes. waters it down a little bit. And so I wish that that they did that in Coco because I love playing B-side of my Coco vinyl because it's just in Spanish and it's fantastic. Uh, but it when you compare this one to its Spanish counterpart, it's there's just no way that this one's the better one. And unfortunately, I think that's why it's also the second end credit song. It's not the celebratory song that uh, Columbia Me Encanto is, right? And that's what you want to see out of that that first end credit song, the celebration that everything came back together. Uh, but I get why they did this. <laughs> I, I understand. Uh, most of their viewers are going to be English speakers. They're going to make an English version. They're going to put it in the credits to acknowledge that they did it. But Alessia Carr's version was such a pleasant surprise, and especially when it comes in the end credits as the first song. Thank God, because the second song is You're Welcome by Daddy Lynn and Jordan Fisher. <laughs> so I'm so glad they didn't swap that around. I would have been real upset. But I don't even like remember walking out of the theater to this version. It wasn't until I downloaded the, the soundtrack afterwards and found this song. And I was like, whoa, this is actually real good. Uh, how far I'll yeah. go as a song itself. Uh, the the OG uh, movie version just hit a billion views on YouTube this past February, and that's wow. insane. That's a lot of people. Congrats! Yeah, congrats! Congrats to Disney on the success. Hey, congrats, Disney! Uh, you needed it. You needed a dub. Uh, I'm glad you got it. I'm sure that ad rev- ad revenue is going to to good use. I hope you you spend it wisely, not on all in one place. But I agree. Alessia Cara's version is is a summertime anthem for me. I, I think that it takes the the I want ballad and turns it into an empowerment pop song. And that's dope. Elizabeth, you look a little disgusted over there. I think that you 
You might have gone the other way. No, no, no. You're misinterpreting my RBF, I think. Um, <laughs> so, well, I I have not enjoyed the Alessia Cara version of How Far I'll Go, ever. Really? Um, I just, I'm, I'm a musical theater geek at heart, and I just, I feel like sometimes I have resentment when songs are recreated in a totally different genre. And so mm. the original, how far I'll go. I, I mean, I was, I got to the point where I was like, how can I, as a 25 year old, I'm not 25, but 24 year old, like sing this song and like in this fashion. And I just, I really, really like the original writing. Um, mm. Okay. So I hear what you guys are saying, and that's that's really great. Um, but I also haven't seen Encanto. I haven't seen it. So Ooh. that's probably where I don't have enough uh, enough information to make a knowledgeable decision. And obviously, I won't be swaying this argument any further. But um, I really enjoyed the two Orogita song. I'd never heard of the singer before. Um, I thought the lyrics were beautiful, but it did feel like it dragged on a little bit and they were kind of like mm. grasping at straws to, I, I kind of didn't really understand, but maybe I need to, to go back and watch the movie. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll pass, I'll st take a step back and let you guys uh, be all excited about Alessia Cara, but I just didn't, it didn't resonate with me, it did not. Hey. So. She, she's going up against people next <laughs> yeah, round, so. so she better she better <laughs> she watch better. out. Yeah. And it makes sense that you feel like Torgitas was dragged on a little too long, and I think that is because of the film. It's very tied to the action that's happening in that scene, and so you have a very slow, slow build to the Mariposas, and that's a big eye-opening moment in the scene that the song happens in. So, yeah, listening it or just complete raw dog in that song you're not going to understand the context of it all right let's cross the bracket and let's talk about this next matchup it's the number two beauty and the beast uh by celine dion and people bison verse the number 15 look through my eyes from brother bear uh philly c phil philhar magic over here uh i'm tired of talking about beauty and the beast i'm tired of it we know the song it, it's it's there this version is what i if you say, tell me about 90s from 93 to 97, Kyle, I sa I've sound like that. This, this Beauty and the Beast track where it is over-synthesized. It is pop snare to a T and Peebo Bryson. This is the soundtrack of every commute that I ever took as a toddler. And I, it, it brings me back to the days of when I lived in Hollister and my parents taught in San Jose and every morning we were making that 45 minute commute to San Jose and 45 minutes back listening to nothing but soft rock and soft pop. It's a beautiful rendition that I'm glad I revisited because and I we, Celine Dion we know who she is we don't need to talk about her people Bryson already showed him but I'm glad I revisited it because when the live action Beauty and the Beast came out, we got this version of Beauty and the Beast done by John Legend and Ariana Grande. Right. And I listened to their right. version. I was like, oh, I really like this one. It sounds familiar, but not familiar. 
And I was like, that must just be that their rendition of this song that I just saw in the, in the theater. Uh, they took to put their own spin on it, but they were covering a cover to the, the, Oh, 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 breakdown of Celine Dion and Peebo. Like even they took that and covered it. Like it, it, their version is whack now because Celine Dion and, and Peebo did it first. I really enjoy this version uh, a lot. This it's nice to hear it not sung by Miss Potts for once in this in this entire Mouse Madness bracket history. Uh, so I'm glad that it's on here. So I'm against Philly C's. Uh, Look through my eyes from Brother Bear. He did two end credit songs that were not featured in the film. This is one of them. This is the first one, and I think that's kind of a mistake. I feel like Welcome or I'm on my way. Uh, any of those other in-film songs from Brother Bear could have been a better end credit train to the film as opposed to what they did here. I don't really understand Look Through My Eyes in context of Brother Bear. It's been a while since I've seen Brother Bear, but it still feels like it's a stretch of a song. It feels like they, they in their contract, they allowed Philly C to do a couple of songs that didn't make it into the film. So they're like, ah, shoot, we, we'll just tie it to the end credits. He didn't recreate that Tarzan magic that maybe Disney was hoping would strike twice. It just feels like a a generic royalty free song that they chose to to end this very mediocre film. And so it fits the bill, I guess. Uh, but it's definitely not better than Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson going at it over at the number two seat. So I'm going to go with the higher one here. It's so like your reaction to this Phil Collins song is my exact reaction to every song from Mary Poppins Returns. It's like it's like a bot. It's like a bot wrote the lyrics to the song. Sure. Um, yeah. Look, look to me. Is is Phil trying to say take a walk in my shoes? Because people definitely don't say take a look through my eyes. Yeah, I don't know. So like, take a take a walk in my shoes. That's like. You'd understand my perspective if you had to experience what I experience every day. That right, makes that right. makes sense. Like that is a metaphor that makes sense. Take a look, take a look through my eyes. So like, so like you you'd understand my perspective if you had my perspective. Right. Like, well, like, like, yes. If I if I was looking through your eyes, then I'd have your brain, and then I'd just be you. <laughs> are you trying to are you trying to ask me to become you? He was like trying to be too deep to the point where the the metaphor got so lost that from what you just said, look at look at things from my perspective. But even worse, when you get through, just take a look through my eyes. The next line is there's a better place somewhere out there. So even my perspective is is better than yours. Like <laughs> your yours kind of sucks. If you look through my eyes. Things are pretty great up here. It sounds like a lot of toxic positivity coming out of Philly C. Sounds like he needs to ground himself in reality a little bit. He's trying to push whatever ideology he's got going on over there. Uh, sounds I like guess. A, sounds like a, a Russian Twitter account uh, singing this song. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the thing, though. I cannot get through this Beauty and the Beast song. Um, oh, come on. Only because. As I was listening through these songs, this was the fourth. I listened to them in the order that we're talking about them. So I yep. listened to Colors of the Wind, and then I listened to Whole New World, and then I listened to Go the Distance, and then I listened mm. to Beauty and the Beast. And I was like, yeah, I can't listen to another song that goes 
boom, clap, boom, tambourine, boom, clap, boom, yeah, tambourine. Like, oh, I could just, all day long. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know if it's just like a genre of music thing. Like, I don't know if it's a 90s thing. I don't know if it's just too slow for me. It just, the there's not enough richness for me in the sound. It doesn't feel unique or inspired in any way. It's just like a, just a manufactured song and they take the exact same elements that they've been doing on every other song. Actually, technically, this one came out before any of those. Yeah, this ones. is the OG but of that. This but. is the original one. But still, um, I just can't do it. Can't do it. I'm going with Filthy Phil Collins. All right. Going with Filthy Phil with Look Through My Eyes. I enjoy this this the sound, uh, the early 2000s alt emo rock sort of sort of thing. You know, like it's a little, I liked that Treasure Planet one too. You know, that's got a little bit of gravel to it. So I like it. So Elizabeth, you're going to be breaking your first tie on this one. Here we go. Okay. I... I'm just going to do a little short reading of a verse oh God, here, here from <laughs> from the the song Look Through My Eyes. <laughs> Thank you. Right, here we go. So don't run. Don't hide. It will be all right. You'll see. Trust me. I'll be there watching over you. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's just zoom out a little bit here. So um I think the song is weird. <laughs> I think the song is weird. I don't like the title. I don't like I don't like the alt emo rock early 2000s. It seems a little just out of place. And then you look at the lyrics and you're like, Jesus, this is not good. Doesn't make sense. But put it up next to my girl, <laughs> Madame Yon. And I cannot, I cannot say that Phil Collins has any battle against her. She is the queen. She is our queen. Our queen. And, and this is her, actually her first, like, this is one of her breakthrough songs was the Beauty and the Beast song. Oh. Um, yeah, with Peebo. And, and these two voices together are just magic, magic. Okay. Um, so I, I have to give it to, to Beauty and the Beast. Wow, Peebo, another another Peebo song makes it to the round. Peebo is classic. Peebo is classic. Peebo's taken over the podcast. Um, let's move on to to one of uh, the matchups Elizabeth hinted at being a little bit tough. Number seven, can you feel the love tonight? Versus number ten, try everything. Can you feel the love tonight? Rendition by Elton John coming from the Lion King. Try everything. Rendition by Shakira. Shakira, Shakira coming from. Uh, <laughs> Zootopia. Oh yeah. Um dude, try everything. So uh did you happen to look at the songwriting team for this song? I uh I sure did. It's great. I sure uh, did. It's got quite a it's three people, but it's basically two. Uh you've yes. got uh Sia who uh, Hi Sia, I wanna, welcome I wanna, to Mouse I wanna, Madness. I want to swing from the chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> you know who she is. Um along with uh Thor E. Hermanson and Mikkel S. Erickson. Yeah. AKA Stargate. Uh yep. they're a Norwegian music producer songwriting duo. And uh you definitely know some songs by them. They were popular in the 2010s with some hits like 
Uh-huh, you know what it is. <laughs> Everything I do, I do it big. Do black it big. and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. They also they also did four four number one singles from Rihanna. SM. Boom slap. Rude boy. Slap. Got him. Only girl. Slap. And my my personal favorite. Partnered up with our boy Aubrey Graham, Champagne <laughs> Poppy, Young Drizzy himself. <laughs> for Oh Na Na, what's my name? Yep. And last but not least, the song we all love to hate. What does the fox say? There they are. They have just a, a quite an impressive resume, and they teamed up with Sia for Try Everything by Shakira. For Shakira, yeah. <laughs> Like, such an interesting room to be in. Um, I mean, we talked a little bit about Look Through My Eyes being kind of a fail of a song title and Try Everything, I feel like, is kind of another one of those. Uh, where it's like, it's trying, to, it's trying to say something sort of profound, but, like, they just right. couldn't quite find the words. Uh, the song's about, like, continuously overcoming challenge, and at least like facing challenges, even though you continue to fail, it's like an attitude of fearlessness as you're trying to achieve your goals. Yep. The chorus is the chorus is try everything, which like can be interpreted in a lot of different ways, right? Like is Shakira telling me to try everything? Like maybe maybe try crystal meth? I don't know. <laughs> is she suggesting that like when Judy hops moves to the city that she also too should try everything? You know, like, just say yes to, like, whatever. What's the worst that can happen? If someone comes sure. up to you on the streets in Zootopia and asks, offers you hard drugs, just try everything, Judy. <laughs> try everything. It's okay. Come on, Judy. Um, I wish it was something like, fa- like face anything or, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I when know. this song happens, it's both the end credit, but it also is in the middle of the film. Right. It's when Judy's right. heading off to Zootopia itself. And I remember when the song came on, it was just such an eye roll of a a transition a montage song, which is yeah. what it really is, yeah. uh, and mostly because it does sound like the, it was manufactured, which it is. That Norwegian team obviously knows the formula for pop hits, and so while that's what they were trying to achieve with this, because the song is by pop artist Gazelle in Zootopia, so they needed something that sounded very poppy you knew immediately that this was the single that disney was going to attempt to trot out in our faces while sometimes it's not that blatant and i think that's just like my only quip about the way this one sounds uh going up against can you feel the love tonight this is another one we've broken down what feels like a lot uh before you give before you give yours because we just came off of this discussion i want to ask if you looked up the background team, the background vocal team on this track. Because if you thought that one was bonkers. No, you gotta let oh, me you gotta oh, let me hear it. B- dude, I'm so excited for this. So one of my things that I love about this song is the background vocals on it. Uh, the the background singers just they they are so smooth and so so nice. And I was like, I want I've I've never seen who does who did the background vocals. So let me look this up. London Symphony Chorus. Obviously, you have to have okay. some some orchestra singers in there. Gary Barlow, 
who is the lead singer for this like UK pop or UK rock group. And I try to look him up to see if we would have known anything and we wouldn't have known anything. Okay. Kiki D, who duetted Don't Go Breaking My Heart on Elton's Don't Go Breaking My Heart. So he brings her back to, to help sing background vocals. Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger in Nightmare on Elm Street. He's background singing on this track. And then Rick Astley. No. Dude. Did you, did you just Rick roll, Rick roll me right now? Elton Rick rolled us in the goddamn middle of The Lion King with Rick Astley singing backup. What four random characters he just dragged off the street to come sing background on this it, it blew my mind that freddy krueger is out here singing can you sing can you feel the love tonight but uh it happened so sorry go ahead no that's great that's awesome and i mean like elton john is is one of the greatest to ever walk the planet when it comes to musical <laughs> talents like there's no there's no understating that um the mix is a little bit different than in the movie it's it's a little bit more stripped down there's a little bit more elton piano um but you still got that tambourine on that fourth beat in the oh, measure. Yes. You have it's to. still there. <laughs> um, I, I just, I cannot unhear it. Um, I don't really have nostalgia for the Lion King. I don't really have nostalgia for this song. I don't really have nostalgia for Elton John. Um, so I'm going with Shakira because I love Shakira. Shakira is one of my favorite female pop stars ever. And uh, I just love her stuff. Anything she touches just turns to gold. I'm going with Shakira, Shakira, try everything. The, uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight is technically the second song in the end credits, but it's only because the, the like, um, when Simba is running back to Pride Rock, that, like, that score that is happening with the, like, African chanting, that is what is the first end credit song. Uh, but Can You Feel the Love Tonight follows that up. And I love this song a lot. Call it my 90s nostalgia. Call it my 90s bias. But like Try Everything is so annoying. I don't think it's even a good earworm. I, I think it's just a bad... I wish they just left it in the movie. I wish they would have written in a, another song for the end credits instead of Trotted Gazelle back out. It, it's not... I feel bad for Shakira. I wish she was never involved in this. Tarnishing her record of slap after slap with try everything sorry Shakira that the world did that to you since then she's broken up with Pique she's now single because <laughs> probably try everything ruined their relationship it's a bad song you cannot choose try everything from Zootopia over Elton John can you feel the love tonight it is just such a wonderful rendition of that song it is a lot different than in the film Considering it's a duet in the film, it starts out with Timon and Pumbaa singing it. You don't really get any of the piano, and this feels very Elton. Uh, cover what he's essentially doing is like covering his own song. So I'm going number seven, which means Elizabeth, you're breaking a tie. Kyle, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I think "Try Everything" is one of the greatest hits of all time. <laughs> oh, and you man. know why? And you know why? <laughs> Let me tell you why. You were talking about a little formula. You were talking about pop song formula. Let me tell you what this formula is. It's a C major chord, an F major chord, and a G major chord. Yep. With an A minor in the bridge. But all it takes is three chords 
one, four, five to make a hit like this. And I think Shakira nailed it. And I was actually, I was listening to this while, whilst driving and I was thinking, wow, how about a song with a topic that isn't like, I have overcome this amazing thing, or I have gone through this. It's like, I tried something and I failed. And it's kind of like a cool message to like send to kids. Like, I mean, the the kids are listening to the song, but it's like, I'm I'm like, I'm going to keep making mistakes and I'm going to keep failing, but you just got to get up and try again. I think that's an awesome message to send to kids. We're watching Zootopia and their parents too. I just think it's a, I think it's, (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think that the the songwriting could have been better. The lyrics could have been better. Could have been song could have been better. A song could have been better, but but no, no it's it, perfect. It, it tried and it tried everything. It got it. it sure did try. It tried everything. Honestly, tried, tried everything. Try to get me to turn off the film halfway through. <laughs> um, I hate to do it to Elton John. I hate to do it, but I just thought they think in this this head to head that Shakira's got got it. There's a she wolf in my car. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. Bye, bye bye rock, bye bye Rocket Man. All right. All right. Elton's off. Try everything moves on. Let's move on to this next matchup. It's number three, A Star is Born from Hercules versus number 14, All is Found from Frozen 2. Hercules soundtrack, along with those like Tarzan, get a lot of hype because a lot of the songs are seen as very good. Uh, You get Zero to Hero. You get uh, Megra's song. You basically any go to the distance anything in hercules is is really good uh but we don't really talk about a star is born which is Mm-mm, the, no. the it, it starts to build up right before the end credits which is such a great move for this song because chris like you were saying at the top of this entire episode this kind of uh triumphant celebratory song to end the film is something that you really enjoy to like walk out of the theater to. There's really nothing better than this one right here. Uh, you get the muses mm-hmm. who we've chatted about uh, in, in past brackets, but we've never brought up their names. So I kind of wanted to make a point to find out who these women were because they can't read this entire film. Uh, totally. Lilius White, La Chanise, Roz Ryan, Cheryl Freeman, and Venice Y. Thompson. These are our muses. Uh, and there's a lot of behind the scene footage of them recording this with Alan Menken that I really recommend you go watch because you see just like their raw vocal talent on display take after take. It's never that they, they miss a note. It's that they just said a word that wasn't how Alan wanted it to be said. It's so awesome to see them uh, perform. But th- this song, Take Me to Church, Baby, this entire film is Take Me to Church, but this song specifically is like such a great end credits song because it feels like you are being, the, they're gathering you. The, the first verse is really like them preparing to tell you what you need to know, give you a little lesson. Uh, yep. They're saying like, you know, uh, uh, they, they say something like, grab your horn, girl, come over here. Like, get ready. We're going to tell you this story. And what's great is that they're like, see Hercules and see what he did. And while he did have this like godly power, in the end, his strength came from himself. And in your darkest hour, within your heart's power, you can also be a hero. And so 
Elizabeth, that's very much like what you were kind of getting from Try Everything, where they that in that song she's like, Oh yeah, birds may fall down sometimes and but they still get up and they fly. And this one is like when you're going through some shit, like you can find the power to make it through. And so I think that's a really powerful message that is coming from the these muses that have told us this hero story this God from above, but really, if you translate what he went through, that can be you as well. And it's nice to have that in the end credits. Another end credit song that feels very much like a bow song. <laughs> like I can see folks coming yeah. out onto stage yeah. and taking their bows to this for sure. Uh, one, one lyric that really took me by surprise that felt like the lyricist who was uh, Frank Zippel ran out of words to say was when they said his rising sign is a Capricorn. They just made mention of that really fast. It's in like the very last verse as they're wrapping things up. Felt like Frank ran out of things to say there. Uh, but my favorite part and the one that I just can't get out of my head is the very first like choir note that they hit to hit off the song. Sounds like the very first note from Big Sean's I Don't F*** With You. That that like that. The very first note sounds like the very uh, first note in this one. Love this song a lot. I think it's a great Hercules song that doesn't get a ton of love. Up Against All Is Found by Casey Musgraves, who everyone in the world knew except for me when this uh, Frozen 2 came out. Because yeah, what? I, Excuse me, sir. What? You I had no Casey idea who Musgraves. this was. Had no idea. That's sad. And so I walk into the office. I was working for the A's at this time. And I was like, I was like, man, this Frozen 2 soundtrack is so great. And these uh, covers that they do at the very end are fun. Panic of the Disco is a little much. Love the Weezer one. And then I really enjoy this, this Casey Musgraves person's version of All is Found. And they're like, where have you been for the past four years? And I was like, I have no idea because I, I not in country land. I'll tell you that much because I had no idea who Casey Musgraves was. Uh, until literally probably this like this song like this song when it first came out was probably the first time I read her name I don't run in country circles very often so it, it wouldn't cross my uh, it's fine you can I, I try not to either these days yeah I mean I, I totally get it and this this song is beautiful it's supposed to embody this like Norwegian folk song folk lullaby uh, that the Lopez duo wrote and they Casey took it and put quite a bit of like a, a, I would almost say more of a folk spin on it, a folk pop spin on it than anything else. It's oddly sandwiched between Panic at the Disco's uh, Into the Unknown and Weezer's Lost in the Woods in the end credits. So you get this, you know, Panic at the Disco screaming in your ear for two and a half minutes and then you get a little Casey Musgraves. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous song, but unfortunately, she's up against my muses, and I'm not putting the muses down. Muses are going to move on past Casey here. Yeah, I'm a I'm a day one Spacey Casey fan. Uh, we we already got Carrie Underwood in the Mouse Madness Hall of Fame, and <laughs> you know I would love to see uh, another female country artist uh, join her. But uh, Casey Musgraves' rise to you know independent success was uh, not built on the strength of her vocal performances. Uh, she was a songwriter first and foremost, and uh, she had a great band too. 
so getting her in this kind of folk uh, rendition of All is Found, it just doesn't really play to her strengths, you know? Like, she doesn't really have that very, like, grovelly folk voice, you know? And, like, it doesn't feel distinctly Casey Musgraves, or at least it doesn't to me. Uh, If you're looking for a great Casey Musgraves Disney cover, I would direct you to her Spoonful of Sugar remix. It is absolutely... I like that one. It's phenomenal, and, like, it hits all of those uh, things that make Casey Musgraves a great artist. It's one of those rare situations where I'd, I'd take Evan Rachel Wood over over the artists that I actually prefer. Uh, so I'm with you. I'm I, I'm real high on A Star is Born um, in this Hercules soundtrack. Like you said, this is just such a deep playlist of a Disney movie. So uh, sorry, Casey. We love you. We wish you all of the success in the world, but uh, we're leaving you in the round of 16. Um, Elizabeth, do you have any parting words for Casey? Yeah, there's it's so hard to compare these two songs because they're so different. And and I love Casey, you know it. Uh, she's my girl. And I'd really like this toned down folksy Norwegian, almost like enchanting and hauntingly beautiful sound um, that she creates in this. Um, but I, I would say that the muses are like paramount they are a force to be reckoned with and this i mean your kyle was right when he was first talking about this the the songs coming out of the hercules movie are just like banger 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 (laughs) like how can there how can there not be how can the muses not move on because they really truly did carry the entire film so i'm with you guys All right, let's move on to the last matchup. It's number six, When Can I See You Again from Wreck-It Ralph, performed by Owl City, versus number 11, Lost in the Woods from Frozen 2, performed by Weezer. Uh, As these Disney movies have gotten more technologically complex, the credit sequences have become longer and longer, and the Frozen 2 one clocks in at around 20 minutes. Uh, And so (laughs) we have time for not one, not two, but three uh, Disney pop remix songs in the credit sequence and so here we have another one uh weezer's lost in the woods and this is another one we talked about a lot on the best disney pop music video bracket we love this yeah yeah actually that is true (laughs) well we'll talk about (laughs) owl city in a second but uh uh, we love weezer we love uh the rendition lost in the woods perhaps the most radio friendly of songs uh from frozen 2 just a great time yeah, and Weezer puts their puts their trademark kind of deadpan rock and roll on this song. Um that yep. that gives it kind of its own version of fun and irony. Um if it wasn't loaded with that already. Um uh thing is like it's kind of it's also kind of basic when you take away the the music video. Uh but anyways, uh, Owl City, when can I see you again? Uh this is dude, come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Paint the night, bro. They had something here and they did it right by inserting it without overkilling it. What a perfect song to put into a nighttime parade that that ends your night at the parks. You are going to ask the audience, when will they see you again? I like Incredible. Owl City's a weirdo. The the music video was pretty weird. Um weird, but We've done it already, so yeah, we don't need <laughs> don't to talk need to anymore that about that nightmare. It. When can I see you again? It's just a fun song. 
it's I, I I see it a lot like you know try everything. I know Kyle doesn't like that song, but it's no. just it's one of those ones that like gets you just gets you feeling real good, especially at the end of the movie as you're walking out of the theater. Um, it's just a great punctuation mark for for another Disney movie that I find to be very underrated. Um, love Weezer, love Lost in the Woods, love Johnny Groff, but uh, I'm going with When Can I See You Again? Going with Owl City. I'm also going to go with When Can I See You Again? I think that this fits as an end credit song better than a cover of a song that's been in the film already. I think that this ties up the film. It talks about the adventure that they went on. He even mentioned sidekicks in it. Like He ties up Wreck-It Ralph while also making it a celebratory, we've done it, that adventure was fantastic. Now come back and and hopefully enjoy not only this film, but whatever we have soon, which ended up being Wreck-It Ralph 2. I have a lot to say about When Can I See You Again. I dove deep into the research, but we're running a little long here, so I want us to get, a, get us out of here. Uh, number six is moving on, Elizabeth, and uh, you don't look too happy about it. <laughs> I just... Rivers Cuomo, I actually saw him live at the, I actually saw him at a panic at the disco concert, which is funny. Oh. Uh, they were, they were, uh, I think they were opening for panic at the disco. Rivers Cuomo wow. was playing his guitar in the audience. It was really, really cool. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, love their rendition of into the woods. It's okay. I mean, I hate owl city. I'm just going to come right <laughs> out in there and say it. Fireflies, okay. fireflies yeah. almost ruined my life. Um, Fair. So, almost. Okay. Almost. It almost. didn't, but it, it, didn't, okay. but it got really close. So uh-huh. uh, I, I support you guys. I, I trust you. And I also really love Weezer. And I think that song that song was my most played off of the Frozen 2 soundtrack when it came out. I even I think I tweeted that my if I had a Spotify, my Spotify wrapped for that year would have been Lost in the Woods by Weezer. And that song came out in November. Like I it would have been my top listen to it's so good but when it comes to end credits we had a lot of good ones and eight of them made it into the next round that we'll talk about next bracket it's looking like the number one true to your heart from mulan versus number eight reflection from mulan we got a mulan versus mulan the elizabeth bauer soft matchup happening in that first round of the elite eight down the brackets the number four a whole new world versus number five how far i'll go from aladdin and moana respectively across the brackets number two beauty and the beast from beauty and the beast versus number 10 Try Everything from Zootopia. Rounding out the Elite A is the number three, A Star is Born from Hercules. Verse number six, One Can I See You Again from Wreck-It Ralph. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm sorry that we left you on a sour note here at the end of this discussion, but hopefully uh, we'll start off strong with your Mulan matchup in the, in the next episode. Thank you. As always, thank you so much. Uh, and you know how to reach us. If you got something to say about these pop music and credits remixes, if you got a bracket idea, if you want to hop on the podcast, we'd love to have some some fresh takes here on the Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and join us at the $5 level by becoming a member of Jerry's gang. Folks, thank you so much. But before we go and hit the road, we gotta know, when can we do this again?